and we are live uh ladies and gentlemen we'll give it uh, uh maybe 30 seconds or a minute for people to come and join the lobby and then we and jace first time in person first time person a bit weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> obviously not the first time in person we've ever met um obviously we've, we've known each other for many years um but this is super awkward so we're gonna wait because uh, I think uh, we wait for a few people to join uh, in the room, etc., and then uh, we will uh, get cracking into what was probably the worst, yeah. the worst game, yeah, the worst game of the season. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I'll tell you what. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to just get cracking on. So, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 22 of the Rip Roaring Reds podcast. My name is Grev, and joining alongside me is Jace. I would ask how Jace is this evening, but I kind of know. I was having a wonderful day. <laughs> I was having a wonderful day. I did my first ever CrossFit competition. I came on the podium. I and then coming to, my, coming to my house just ruined it. Well, <laughs> it wasn't your fault. You know, you gave me some crisps. You let me eat my Nando's. I did, yeah. And then uh, and then Arsenal ruined it. Yeah, Arsenal did ruin it. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about. There's going to be loads in this game to unpick. Um, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go straight in to that intro music and then we will get cracking. This is this is my club. Fucking love this football club. Right, we're going to start this episode as we start every single episode with our rip roar review. I'm going to hand over to Jason first for his one. Tell me, where's your head at after that game? It's not. Let's just say how it is. Worst performance of the season, I think. Um, I was at Fulham when we drew two all. That was. We didn't play as badly that day as we played today. Um, you know, the first half performance was not great. We were sloppy. We were making mistakes all over the pitch. We didn't look up for it. Like, I think I just feel when I see that team playing in the rain, playing playing in the wet, I know that sounds really silly, but it was like a, it's not, it's not a cold Tuesday night in Stoke, but we, we didn't, I didn't feel up for it. In the first minute, the press of Chelsea, it felt nervy. It, it, it didn't look like our usual game. Like we tried to kind of get control of it in the first few minutes, and it didn't happen. We were sloppy all over the place. We're going to go into detail on the some of the defensive, uh, well, not defensive errors, but like the goalkeeping observations and and the way the midfield played. So, yeah, just the worst game of the season. I'm utterly disappointed with the performance. I know we came away with a two-all draw, but I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. Because points that we should be taking if we're in a league league title challenge. Yeah, I'm kind of where my I'm like towards the end of yours. I think if you had have said to us before the game, so to my review is kind of I would have I would have taken probably a draw. Yeah. I probably wanted a win. Like I think everyone looks into this game. Like Chelsea's record against us at home, it's been pretty poor. I think it showed there was they've won one in the last seven against us at home. So I think we had the opportunity in front of us. We had a lot of momentum behind us. They don't have that momentum. They've won 
Two games maybe at home this season. I can't remember. Not a lot. It was like Fulham, wasn't it? And yeah. someone else. It wasn't big opposition. No. So they've had a you know a relatively poor start. But now looking back on that game now, my review is that's a, a point well earned and well not deserved. <laughs> We're going to get into that. It's certainly not deserved, but certainly it keeps our our record intact. We haven't lost uh, in the Premier League this season yet. Um, and at the end of the day, a point away to Chelsea is really not as bad as maybe it, it feels right now. It doesn't feel good. It's not that settled. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it doesn't settle for me. <laughs> like, maybe in reflection, I'll wake up in the morning and think, we played bad. We were lucky to get out of there with a point. But oh, I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm just not happy at this moment in time. Um, you know, in the last few minutes, even there were certain things, especially in, like the last two minutes of extra time as well. It was like, why are we, why are we not going forward with that last attack? Mm. And then, and the ref blew the whistle, bang on ninety-seven. We clearly thought that he was going to go extra. Yeah, but he didn't. It was just like there was just something about the the work, the way the players were. I didn't see that drive, that mentality. Um, from them like they want like they wanted it mm. i didn't see that i didn't feel that i didn't get that vibe and it's very hard to talk to how a player's mental state is we knew nothing about that but it, it just didn't present itself in the game um yeah i'm i'm not saying i'm gonna get jason to stand on the edge even further we're gonna talk a little bit about what what definitely is the worst first half performance that we've seen this team play uh, at least this season, it actually probably goes back quite further back into last season as well in terms of abject performances. There was a lot of players out there, Jace, right, that, that didn't perform, that didn't step up to the plate and didn't really show themselves. In that first half in particular, anybody you want to kind of look at and call out? I mean, there's a few. I'm going to say, uh, for me, Gabby Jesus actually was, I was really disappointed with his first half performance. I don't think he was much better in the second um he it was just the amount of time to give the ball away it didn't look like his head was in the game uh he 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 had multiple opportunities in the first half to play what was looking like the right ball and he was playing the wrong ball um he, he I, I like we were talking about him while watching the game saying like is he not fit and i was like no, he's fit he played in internationals midweek he might be tired but he was definitely fit. It was just like he was just he was making the wrong decisions. So I don't know if there's like a, a mental fatigue to decision making that you can be tired from that perspective. But he was making a lot of mistakes. We weren't seeing the same energy from him that, that we expect. And I don't. I, I mean, he had that one shot. We had two shots in the first half, I recall. Mm-hmm. One of them was his, but I mean, it got blocked by a defender. Like he managed to get in a good position, but he was so tight to the goal. There was a defender in front of him, which was then in front of the keeper. So it was no, it wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere near the goal. And that was it. That's all I really remember from what he did. And I, I it just, it just stood out for me, for me because of we had that kind of conversation while the game was going on, where we were just like, "What's he doing? Why is he making those decisions?" And well, there was parts of the game where he was dropping incredibly deep there was a point where he got tackled at left back there was a point where he was kind of in the sixth position because he wasn't getting into the game but he wasn't also doing the things that 
That, that's we've seen him do that enough times, but then make good decisions to bring the ball. And that's forward, a right? sign, right? Like, and and also that's quite. It's Monday Monday night football, mate. Yeah. Greb and I play with a bunch of lads on on a Monday night. I often find myself towards the attacking half, but I end up, I always drop and come for the ball, and people go go up there, and I'm like, well, I'm not a tall striker, I'm not going to be able to block. Like, so I drop. I want to collect the ball, and then I want to play one twos and make my way through. And and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. I mean, our, our passing certainly was not crisp enough or sharp enough during the entirety of this game to really feel like we were able to get Jesus into the game like that. No, he uh, and and the way Chelsea were playing, like they were that that press in our kind of defensive midfield and attacking area. The fact that Jesus was coming back, that he wasn't going to like. I think there was at one point where they had like three people along the front line. We had five, and you were going. We can't we can't even get a pass through yeah. the hole. We can't. We can't even find. You know, it's not taking like five of them to press us uh, for us to break away. Like it's only taking a few of them, and we, we're struggling to pin the ball through. Um, they just, I think they had our number, especially in the first half. Um, tactics were were working for them. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about Raya. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, talk to me a little bit. Where where does where does start? Uh, it's crazy that uh, you had quite a, a different, not a different opinion. You had some really kind of Ramsdale didn't probably deserve to be dropped. I think is the actual word that you said, right? Well, we knew that at some point Raya was going to get a game and get a chance, but like we didn't necessarily expect it when it happened because we were like Ramsdale hasn't actually done anything mm. really wrong. Um, and and now you can see that he's actually made a few mistakes and there's actually a genuine question around should he be dropped and Ramsdale be given his chance back? That's my perspective. No, I, I'm, I, you know, I kind of agree with you. There was a time when we were we were on a previous pod and we, we talked rare in, rare out. Neither of us could kind of, we were probably sitting on the fence quite a lot. Um, the fact in just this game, he, he made probably at least two mistakes. I'm trying to think. I think there was a third in there as well. Um, obviously, for, for Mudrick's goal, was just in the wrong positioning, wrong-footed. Uh, I don't know why he's saying I don't think Mudrick meant it. I think you look on the look on his face, me and Jason are maybe disagreeing a little bit. You can't, can't really tell, but he wasn't looking goalward, for sure. Um, and, you know, Rayo should have done better. Rayo shouldn't have been in that position where he's kind of let the ball loft over him. Well, you, hang on, you were saying, because I was like, what's he doing? You said, well, but he's asked to play, play high. This, I mean, this but is what... I don't think he's meant to play high when they're attacking us. I think it's more generally during the game fluidity. Yeah, but he does. He, he kind of does sit around the edge of that six-yard box a lot of the time in the... Because I'd imagine that he's anticipating a Mudrick cross for that ball and thus he'd come to claim it and was basically then out of position. That's my, my kind of view. But either, either way, he should be doing better. And that's... It gives him the opportunity. Like, yeah, yeah. It gives me David Seaman, Ronaldinho vibes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I don't need it. <laughs> like, I don't need those flashbacks. Yeah. Um, and then, like, his passing, his distribution was relatively poor this game. I'm sure that as I look at the stats later on, I'm going to be told otherwise. Um, but it, he, his passing through the middle was really, and the Chelsea fans were making him nervous. Every time he had the ball at his feet and was trying to pass through that middle pass to Rice or Jorginho, mm -hmm. they were all behind him trying to make him make the mistake. And he, he was making mistakes then. That's the thing, right? Like, do you, we used to get that a little bit of, with Aaron, the jitters. Mm -hmm. But I am 
fully getting them a riot now. Uh, not just this game as well. Like I think it's been pretty consistent since he came mm. come in, but but obviously his some of his saves and his stats have basically begged to differ what we're visually seeing with our yeah. eyes. Whereas now I'm looking at that going like every click, every time. Mm. Well, I mean, it's that risk and reward football that we play there, right? I think that is part of the task that Arteta has given him and the ability for him to be able to try and play those balls. It's just, I don't, you, there was a time like we used to say we'd watch Arsenal and we'd be like, this, uh, you know, heart in, in our throat, we can't, uh, it's really horrible watching us play out from the back. Now we're pretty confident I'll play out from the back, but that is coming back. He could have given when, like, there's two goals he could have given away. We could have been 3 0 down mm. with that one. Who was it? I can't remember the Chelsea player that missed that. Um, oh, it was Jackson. Yeah. Like, it, it, he, he, he did it multiple times, which tells me something like something in that game, confidence just went. But I, I think that was reflective of a number of the players in the squad. I wouldn't just say that. Yeah. Just yeah. I'd agree. But for me, like you say, like, I think there is a. There is a chance. I know that Ramsdale has just had a baby. Congratulations to Aaron. But um, I can't see him then coming in against Sevilla at home. It's too early, I would say. Rise number, rise in the Spanish squad as well. And he's going to play a game in Champions League in Spain. So you know, he's going to want to be playing mm. that. But the only thing I'd say really is that um, it doesn't help the situation. And what I mean by that is... I'm a little bit sick of the Rye Ramsdale. Like I listen to a Peter Crouch podcast. I quite like that podcast. And obviously, Aaron Ramsdale's been on that. They're a big advocate of him. But they were just genuinely talking about the fact that it's getting, like, it's not helping the situation. No. Like the decision to bring Rye in, it, it's awesome to have two quality caliber goalkeepers. But at the same time, like this debate, this conversation isn't going away. The media is. It, it doesn't help when the, 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 the camera, yeah, the camera, every time either Raya is, is doing something great or doing something bad, it it's going straight to Ramsdale on the bench. There was one yeah. there was one where it was like that, wasn't there? Yeah. Was like, what? like, I don't know why they're, they're inviting it. Yeah, and, and the problem is the poor performances like today, that's just going to keep the conversation going. Mm. We need the conversation to go away. We need the players to be focused, not worried about what's going on in the media and, and to have their heads in the game. This is not going to help us. I, I, I think this is going to be a problem moving forwards until we get one of them who can be in the sticks for three, four, five games consistently and be solid and not make any mistakes. And we need that to go. That will go away. Uh, if, if not, we're. Yeah. I mean, generally that, that first half performance outside of just general player absenteeism, if that's a word, is it was just really poor passing, really, uh, really we were giving the ball away so many times in midfield, in particular, um, Odegaard, who will come on to probably a bit later. But it, it was just a really absent performance from uh, performance from us in the first uh, half that I'm just not used to seeing us do. Saka was in Kukurat's pocket. Like, and, he, and, and the other thing is he had him a bit wound up as well. Like he had a, I think when he didn't get the foul in the first half, I think that from there he was kind of like, he was trying to get yeah. him riled up and it wasn't working. I think it was the other way around. Like you say, like Aguilera kind of had wound him up, and yeah, I remember gave me a, a long, you know, when they had Lonzo at that yeah. back. Uh, I, 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 I don't really understand Lonzo. There's a lot of players you don't like, Jess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd say that on Arsenal. I know you now hate Cucurella, right? Yeah, I don't like Cucurella. <laughs> All right, um, we're going to move on then. So you know, let's put the the first half to, to bed a little bit. Um, but inside that, obviously, there was uh, the penalty decision. 
Um, I don't know how you're going to go. I'm not even too sure how I'm going to go right now. So I'm going to go to you first. It's easier for me so I can think in my own head. Um, was it a penalty, yes or no, first of all? I don't know what the rules are. That's the problem. I'm on the fence. I genuinely don't know what the rules are. Like, because when the ball, I the ball to his hand and he's in an right. unnatural position. Okay. So, so if you look at it like clear cut like that, what option? Well, it wasn't going in, so it wasn't a goal scoring opportunity. It was going well wide. The replay showed that. Does that make a difference? Maybe not. Probably not. Probably not part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um I just I don't I don't understand. Like if if Mudric, is it was Mudric, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Mudric had it, yeah. If he doesn't get to the header before Saliba, Saliba's heading up. Yeah. Yep. Like that's landing on his head. Yep. So he is he's gone into that into that position. He's in the air. And if you're jumping in the air, you tell me a person that is able to comfortably jump in the air at a certain height with their hands held consistently by their sides like this. That doesn't happen. Can you go and do it over there? No. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cool. Carry on. Mate, have you seen my legs? Yeah. You're killing me. Um no, uh, it, I don't I don't understand how Saliba can jump without his arms being yeah. in the air. Then there's the other part of the equation, which is a little bit unusual. If if they were just so close together, it's like the distance between you and me yeah. right now, right? And that, that's not very far, even though the camera may deceive. But how can you react to that? It's like a ping ping pong ball bouncing around. Like if I if it comes off my head and hits you on the arm, like you can't do anything about that, and you're already mid flight. So I guess, no, I guess the Arsenal fan of me is saying, how can that be a penalty? That would have never been a penalty in the previously, and 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 so I don't understand the new rule because that's just so surely that just feels unfair and unjust. It's not like uh, was it Oxley Chamberlain diving with his arm at Stamford Bridge to save <laughs> like it, it's completely different circumstances, mm-hmm. and that's the bit that I don't get. So the bias Arsenal fan of me says no, I don't think it is a penalty, but the genuine answer is I don't know the rules. Okay. Anything you would say differently? Are you, wanna, are you thinking it is a penalty? Like just shut up, Jason. It's a penalty. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of the rules, yes, it is. And and the rules, are the rules. I guess tell me, tell me the rules. Well, tell the, me the rules. It's, it's, his hand is in an unnatural position. What they're saying is, it's not. Well, they're like I here. They is it natural? Like you're I telling, you're jumping, telling, so you're you're telling me if I'm jumping with my arms like that, like you're telling me that's natural. That's not natural. No, you're on a roller coaster. Okay, you, like, you're on a roller coaster, the... and you you keep your arm. You don't you don't cut your arms. They say that you're up in the air. Like it's the body shape, though, isn't it? I think that's what they're saying. Is that the, the body shape is? But I think. What it's very subjective, like the rules. Of course, there's always some some subjectiveness to the rules. It's really difficult to determine in real time how that's kind of operating. Like you say, the distance and the time between to make that decision is not really there. So it's hard to kind of say yes or no. I think the thing for me that and you you kind of touched upon it. His header was going wide. Not that, like you say, not that if that was in the middle of the park and the ball was going nowhere and someone handballed it, mm. they'd just give a handball. Yeah. So the, the, it doesn't really matter, but I would say that they've they've turned that around from being an Arsenal goal kick to being a Chelsea goal. For for the fact that Saliba has jumped up for a header, 
which is mental. So I've kind of been swayed by the letter of the law. It's a penalty. And, and if, if the shoe was on the other foot and Chelsea player was jumping up and we got that, you'd be screaming and shouting up and down that we should be having a penalty. It's no doubt about it. Yeah, but I'm going to ask the I know. I but so <laughs> it's just a really difficult one. But I, I, I would, uh, you know, moving on from that a little bit, I would say that the refereeing for this game, I, I, I said it to you. That's inconsistent. Yeah. Well, poor. inconsistent. Poor. And really poor. And I, I do think that he'd almost, he almost lost the game. In this first half, uh, I think it's Chris Chris something. I can't remember a second. Name. It, he almost lost the game because he was giving yellow cards um, when they shouldn't have been. He was giving yellow cards when they should have been. Like It was really odd, and he was just a bit absent throughout the game. And I kind of feel like he let a lot of it slide. And there were times where even the – what was the, uh, the yellow card, which should have almost been a red card in the first half? Oh, um... Was that Cucurella? No, was that Cole Palmer? Was it Cole? Ah, so it was, yeah. Cole Palmer tried to recover it and, like, you know, say that that is a red card. It changes the complexity of this game entirely. Um, So I would just say that, yeah, it's inconsistent refereeing as always. VAR, once again, just not really up to snuff, I would say. it's And it's hard when you slow everything down and you look at the minute details of every action. You're, of course, always going to find problems and changes and oh, this little toe here and that little thing there that really does make it incredibly difficult. You should be looking at it in real time. And like I say, Saliba in real time can't do anything about that. Can't do, can't do anything about it. He's already made that, like you say, he's already made this decision. He's already up. That ball would have been on his head had it not deflected. So pretty hard. I think it's a penalty only on the basis of the law. But I, I'm disappointed by the fact that I don't think it should have been. Okay. Right. We're gonna. We're, I mean, that's a debate. Debate done. Yeah, I'm, well, it's not. It's a, it's a difficult one, right? Because it's not really much of a debate because it, it was given and it is what it is. And we've seen others given like it. But I said to, I was talking to you when I said like earlier on in the season we're seeing there was a when Sanchez came out and absolutely like flattened Jesus and pretty much gave him a concussion by all accounts. That was very similar to earlier on in the season when Anana did that at Man United against Wolves that wasn't given and it wasn't given here either. But he's literally like smashed the player. He's literally taken him out. Whether or not it's a goal scoring opportunity or not, Mudrix wasn't going in, still giving us a handball. Mm. It's in, the level of inconsistency in this refereeing is, for me, really taking me out of the game. I think who was on, who was in the studio at halftime? Is it Jamie Redknapp? Jamie Redknapp and Jimmy Floyd. And Jamie Redknapp and uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank were having a massive debate about this because, I mean, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is biased, surely. He's a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Chelsea. But Jamie, Jamie was being pretty. Headstrong in saying that it shouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah. Well, he was talking about that point around the close proximity. Like It's like a ping pong ball. You yeah. can't do anything about it. And he's already mid-flight in the air. So, it's, yeah. it's, I okay. Right. We move on from the penalty. We're going to talk a little bit about our, our entirely absent uh, midfield. Um, a lot of players to kind of pick out. I think for us, this was probably a part of being the worst performance of our team was all to do with the fact that we were completely absent in the midfield. Is there anybody out of those players that kind of sit in those positions, Chase, that you're kind of feeling were uh, the worst offenders or people that usually are really big in games that kind of went missing during this game? Well, Odegaard's been missing for a few games, I think. Um, And he was definitely missing today. Uh, His... Creativity wasn't there. I mean, we were just missed. You know when he's absent from the game because it really does influence the way that we attack the game. And I felt in the first half, especially, like it was like we have no threat. We had no threat on that pit. We had no goals, no shots on top, yeah. uh, no shots at all in the first no. half. 
Oh, we had two shots in the first not half. On not on target. Not on target. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the only threat in the first half was Martinelli, but like from uh, you know, you need your creative players to open those opportunities for your attacking threats. And Odegaard was missing. Um, he was absent, and also he was really scruffy with the ball, and that's not like him. Like mm. he gave a, it was one or two free passes. He Really yeah, yeah, really loose. And I, again, like, um, I guess Norway struggled. I think they lost to Spain. Was it 1-0? Yeah. Um, they are struggling to qualify for the Euros. So him and, and Haaland, obviously, uh, I don't know if there's something there with a bit of a, a bit of a carryover of blues from European qualifiers. But... I don't actually think that makes a difference. I think he's been pretty absent for a few games consistently now where I've just felt like there's a spark missing. Um, and in times I've been more excited when I see someone like Fabio coming on because I feel like he comes on and gives a spark. He, he gets on mm. and physically takes the game to them. And, and like there was no one taking the game to them. And I expect that with Odegaard and I expect that with Saka. We talked about Saka being stuck in Cucurella's bucket and then the only other real person takes the game to him as Odegaard and he he hasn't been doing that. So, yeah, I, I don't like to criticise Odegaard because I think he is, as I, I previously stated, I think he is the, uh, he's the, uh, what's the, what's the word you use when someone's next in line to be king? Heir to the, heir right. to the throne of De Bruyne, I think, mm-hmm. in the next few years because he's 24 and De Bruyne is in his 30s. I've said that quite consistently this year but he's letting me down by his views at the moment he's not been putting he he started the season brilliantly. yeah if you had uh, gone he, back probably like six or seven games ago yeah. you probably would have been saying a different thing altogether right yeah but he's off the ball right now mm. he's off the ball um if anything's bad on Martin's, Martin's performance I mean I'm struggling to pinpoint exactly what it is is the problem like I say maybe it's just a lack of creativity and, and spark that you say but he was Usually you see him in pockets and being able to play those balls and cut through the lines. Like, And he wasn't coming to retrieve the ball very often um, in that midfield. kind of. Like I said, there was nothing that once we had the ball between Saliba or Rice or Gabriel to thread passes through to the midfield, we weren't seeing that. And second of all, he does this thing where he obviously presses a lot, but he presses in isolation. And it's really, really frustrates me. You see him sometimes flapping his hands trying to get other players to join him, but it's too late by that point in time. If you've already committed to that press, um, because Chelsea's press in this game was particularly good. Like we were, like I said, we had five at the back at some point, but they would press us and we would panic. We had three more players in them, yet we still couldn't thread a pass through. Whereas Odegaard was doing it on his own, not calling Saka or Martinelli or Rice behind him to kind of help. Um, so I feel like both the lack of communication on his part and a lack of kind of uh, drive to kind of bring himself into the game in the same way that Jesus tried to, albeit failing and I'm not doing a great job. Yeah. Anyone else in the midfield you want to talk about? Um, we were talking about Jorginho at the start of the game because I think that Jorginho did, wasn't great. Um, and I, I'm not too sure why he was selected either. Party didn't even make it off the subs bench though. And he played in... In uh, Ghana's, yeah, and uh, they got trounced, didn't they? Mexico, wasn't it? They yeah. lost two 0 Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe you're right there. Like maybe Party wasn't like, the fact that Party didn't come off the bench and probably would have been a player that we would usually 
um, play. Well, he, he played an amazing pass for Man City game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe it's a fitness, maybe it's a jet lag, maybe it's something else. But he he didn't play, and Jorginho did, and Jorginho was um, once again just not being able to pass those balls, being pretty um lackluster in taking the ball forward he would try and retrieve it from the defense and then wasn't really doing very much in going forward it was super sideways super backwards really really kind of uh just not very dynamic um and it, it was weird because obviously he was playing what is commonly rice's role and havertz rice was playing what havertz is usually playing as yeah, the left havertz was sorry havertz. rice was so far detached from him as well yeah like it wasn't like they could play a pass through the midfield he was very usually, far. usually they're pretty close together as yeah, well if you play rice and havertz they would be much more um combined so there, there was that and i think the other so zinchenko for me and he was hooked to half time this is not the first time this has happened or maybe around we knew that's happened what we were saying about it like tommy needs to come on and tommy did come on and it really did we looked more self-assured with Tommy. He's really playing that inverted well uh, role really well so far from what I can tell. Um, but Zinchenko, who do you get roasted by? Sterling? Sterling. Well, it's, it's, it's the way that it's the difference between Tommy and Zinchenko. Zinchenko should now just be a midfielder. I think when Timber's back, mm. Zinni will be a midfielder. That's what I think. Because yeah, trying to Stand up on the camera to show it, but the 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 way in which Zinchenko is able to hold up Sterling, not good enough. Like he he doesn't stand strong. He leans in. Mm. He le- he lent in. When he lent in, Sterling put his arm around the back. Just turned him. So he had he had that side of Zinchenko, his uh Sterling's left side of Zinchenko. He had that covered because he put his arm around him and Zinchenko had lent in. So he was just able to spin him and peel off to his left and sprint down 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 the right side of the wing. Whereas when the same situation happened with Tommy when he came on, Tommy didn't lean in. Stood up tall, straight back to back, pushed on him, put his foot in, intercepted. Which is a complete difference in like that defensive capability and nouse that you need. And Zinchenko doesn't have it, unfortunately. Yeah. We value him for other things. And I think he's a great addition to the midfield. Um, but yeah, I don't know. it's the clock is ticking. I think that he's he, he just he gets, he gets gassed very, very quickly, and he, he just doesn't have both pace and like defense. His defensive duties are just not that great. Um, he is very, very absent at left back. And every time Sterling went at him, I'm what I was worried. I was, I was really worried. Anytime a, a player runs him, you're nervous. That's the problem, yeah. Doesn't fill me with vibes, but so do you, do you think there's is there worrying traits within this midfield that we're looking at now that we should be looking into? We, you know, we've got Seville coming up, we've got Newcastle, I think, coming up very, very soon. These are difficult games. Should we be worried about the absent, absent kind of midfield that we're looking at right now? That's a good question. I mean, we weren't absent against City, we've took them toe to toe, but then they, I don't they think City were at their best, and they have Rodri, yeah. They? And City were not at their best, and neither were we, to be fair. I think that. You know that that goal maybe papers papers over some of the cracks. Then I don't think we're absent. I think we had a very bad game. I think that Jorginho shouldn't have been playing. I think that Rice should have been playing the pivot. I mean, when Habits came on, there's obviously I think there was a fear to play Habits, and he only came on. You think he played well actually? Mm. Um, 
personally, I want to see Party and Rice back for a period. That like there there is a core, and if that core is present, we play well. And that core is Saliba and Gabriel, Rice and Party and Martin Odegaard. Those five players, we play well, and we supplement it with Saka as well and Martinelli and. And sometimes it doesn't matter really whether it's Jesus or Eddie too much. Usually Jesus brings more energy. Um, but yeah, there's a core. And I think if we have that core, we're fine. So is the fit in midfield absence? Hopefully not, as long as we can get the fitness of our players back and and, 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 and perform well. Because I mean, Rice was really good for England, I thought, in mm-hmm. Italy. So, and, but he, and he also played... He played the deeper role against Italy as well, didn't he? Because Bellingham was. But so... you don't, do you not think that Rice was more so when um, the coming, but Rice did end up sitting back in midfield. I think it was when Emil Smith Rowe came on and Emil started to play the left hand eight, and and Rice was. He didn't have a good game. I know he didn't, but suddenly Rice for Arsenal, Rice seems much better suited into the six than the eight. Yep. I'd agree. I also think that last year we could argue that we played not too bad like that last year with Xhaka and Party at times as well, mm-hmm. even though Xhaka was also able to commit forward. Um, I think that that is better. I think we played better with a double pivot and a single pivot. There have been, I mean, there have been games where Rice has been able to do that job and do it really well as a single, I would say. Um, we've not really seen that party Bryce partnership much. Yeah, yeah, but really. it was good when we did see it. Yeah. It'd be interesting, like I said, for, for me, just because I, I don't know why Jorginho was starting this game. So I, I do think the party should have. I, I, I have to imagine there has to be maybe some fitness issue. Vieira as well. He's not on the bench. I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember, actually. Hang on. I've got the squad right here. But I don't think, like, Fabio, Fabio not changing that game. I don't feel. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think he's coming He's, he's coming on coming on as a player. No, you're right. He went on the bench. He was on the bench. He must be injured. Yeah. Um, he's coming on as a player and I just feel like you know there's been a couple of games uh, this year where he gets the ball and he takes it to the, to them and you know if we can't play Havertz there I'd for it let's give him a chance mm-hmm. um, I just feel like what we did do there was it was definitely absent I, I feel like we're we're quite negative right we have just I'm back and got a tool door. And I, I'm still not happy. I'm really not happy. Well, you want to, you'd say now we were looking at that game coming back from 2 0 down. We were like, we should win this. We should win this out there on the ropes. They were there for the taking. In the last 10, last five, five, seven minutes, I was like, yeah. But the problem is that we didn't have that assertiveness the whole game. We didn't put, we didn't assert ourselves on the game at all. Mm -hmm. Like the goal. We'll come on to talk about the goals and the comeback. The goals, you know, again, it wasn't they, they weren't because we asserted ourselves on the game, um, and that's the problem. I, I, I just want someone who's going to assert themselves on the game, and that frustrates me. Um, you, I mean, you talked about it there. We're going to talk about being the comeback kings. Arsenal commonly have been doing this over this season and last season in particular, coming back into games when probably we have either no right to. Um, or that we've actually took the game by the scruff of the neck and maybe got back into it. You look at Bournemouth, uh, Southampton. Uh, did we lose against West Ham or draw against West Ham? I can't remember. Real draws. Real draws to West Ham. Um, yeah, this year was Man United. We beat Man United. Uh, even City was relatively late as well. Um, but this in particular, like you say, it wasn't. This wasn't comeback kings. I'm being maybe tongue in cheek a little bit with that. Like the, the both goals, you say like 
Rice's goal was was a nothing goal, right? I mean, the finish is fantastic. Oh, the finish that was because I there wasn't it wasn't actually a no, it wasn't a clip after goal. He had to get his foot around the ball, yeah. and you saw the the curl on it as it kind of looped, and it looked like it was getting away from the goal to the point where I think Sanchez thought this is going wide. He kind of relaxed, and yeah. then he suddenly saw a last minute it lasted in the corner. That was a beautiful finish. But yeah, I mean, the goal came from nothing. I mean, maybe we we pressed a little. But it's not like our usual press. And like I say, Rice has taken that opportunity that, and it's brave and it's a, a fantastic finish. And, you know, more him than me because I, I ain't putting that away. Um, so that, but like you say, it came from nothing. And we didn't, we definitely did not deserve to come back into this game. Maybe from that goal, we maybe give ourselves enough belief and enough confidence that we could have. I'd certainly say you talked about assertiveness a second ago. I definitely think we 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 were more assertive in that second goal for sure. That I mean that was what we expect. That was a great piece of play. Um, I think that the ball was one in the midfield. Came to Kai Havertz. He made the right decision in finding the space to Saka on the right. Saka, I thought, was going to do his usual kind of. He sometimes either tries to take the man or he tries to cut back. He just went straight for the cross. Actually, no, I like he cut back in and then went for the cross. Usually, when he comes back in, he'll keep going. If that makes sense, like yeah, because he'll want to get he'll want to get to the kind of the D to then get in the, the comfortable position to get a shot in. But he didn't. He played it over the whole of the Chelsea defense, and Trossard's finish was again that was a that was a sublime finish because it was the way that he was able to control like the ball was coming over. It's coming over at pace. And to be able, like, to basically take one touch, it was one touch, mm -hmm. and he placed it and positioned it perfectly. It was a tight gap. He had the keeper right in front of him. He found a gap, and it was a lovely bit of control of the. Of the I mean, of Sanchez right, but... has to be doing better, though, right? Oh yeah, I mean, it, well, it's a combination. He's found it, the gap, like right? he's found the gap, and also that's happening in a split of a second, mm. right? So, and, and one slow mo on the camera, you're like. That's gone right through him, but in, in, in real time, it's probably quite difficult to to defend. But it yeah. was a great goal, and that was the only real purposeful attack we had. The whole I literally game. can't remember another one during the entire game. We really didn't uh, put a stamp on that game at all from an attacking threat perspective. I think we had one. Well, I'm pretty sure we had two shots on target the entire game. The two goals. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any more. We, we certainly, like I say, assertiveness is probably the right the right word, but we weren't. We put no pressure on Chelsea, and I think this is why I'm saying I'm, I'm a bit sombre because. Go on, how many was it? We had three shots on target. Three shots on target. I don't target. know what the other one was. No, I can't. But you, you talk a little bit about oh, maybe I should not be as as grumpy. Maybe as I as you be, we're, we're still undefeated. I'd imagine I think we're second or third in the league, um, but. That's a game we should be winning, and a game that we should have been putting ourselves in that position. I think we we made ourselves, um, particularly for the second goal, we, we should be doing better, um, and we should be creating more chances. We should be doing more more up top, and we, we certainly weren't. Like in the final, all the ball that we had was played in our third, pretty much. Side to side, back, mm. back. we can't find a hole through the midfield. Yeah, it was. Um... You've said lackluster. We just didn't turn up. We didn't turn up. Which is really, which is really poor considering this is a, a London derby. 
against a big rival, albeit they've not been great as well. And it's been a great hunting ground for us in the last few seasons. Yeah. Like, you know, there's been many goals that we've scored there. Uh, Martinelli's one being the most famous one where he ran right through the middle and then celebrates right in front of the fans with his arms folded. It was I think like, that's what, actually just you saying that. One person, we haven't talked about Martinelli because I think out of all the players in our team, none of them really could have stood up and be counted today. But I think out of everybody, Martinelli was likely the strongest. I mean, he wasn't, yeah, I agree. He also wasn't perfect. There were times when, you know, his ball recovery was great, but then he did one amazing ball recovery on Gusto where he sprinted back and won it. And we're like, pass it to Zinchenko and then he can just loft it away. You know, the easy option or at his least decision making, his decision making at the end of it wasn't great because he went, no, I'm going to try and now turn Gusto and go through two players. And he failed and he fouled Gusto right on the edge of the box mm-hmm. and they got a free kick. And it's like, so all of that recovery was for nothing. Yeah, There was also a few bits of decision-making and around the box. I think he is very um, good at dummying the player and taking them. He's, he doesn't often do what Saka does. Saka always cuts inside. He tends to go to more to the byline. I've noticed like that just traditionally what we've seen, especially when we sit in you know in the clock end in the Emirates, we see that a lot. Um Gusto had his number. So there was there was it was he was, yes, I agree, from the energy from uh winning ball recovery, from trying to create something, he was definitely our best player, but there was still decision making challenges. Uh decision making uh kind of opportunities that he just really let them down yeah all right um we talked about the comeback king so we're probably talked enough about the game let's go into kind habits i don't know what go on i'll let you take it I, I wonder he came on and he was i thought he had a good game when he came on fine <laughs> no like what well you know I, I it's a hard place for him to come and come on as a sub and and i've kind of got the sense that maybe arteta is looking at he, he hadn't he didn't start against City, he didn't start against Chelsea. If it's either that he's not ready for big games, one, or maybe he's trying to say that he's an impact player, two. Because he has for both games, was it City that he laid it off to Martinelli for the goal? And he also laid this off to Saka that created the Trossard goal. Yeah, I, I think he was winning balls when he came on. He was winning a number of headers, he was causing problems, he was playing the right passes in the midfield. He did nothing wrong. Is that the position that he was playing as well? Because he was—I can't really tell what what position he was playing. It certainly wasn't the eight. Mm. It wasn't a nine either. He was kind of like roaming a little bit, like a ten. But it worked for Mm. me. I I, obviously he wasn't—you can't see—he was the best player on the field. But he, I think, was a good little cameo from him. Okay, want to call that out? Uh, Parking lot. Um, Let's go first. I just say, um, obviously, uh, just before the Arsenal game, so Bobby Charlton. Um, passed away, uh, I think he was 86, um, and a massive, massive servant uh, to Manchester United and to, to England. So, first of all, um, you know, thoughts and prayers and stuff with uh, his family. Um, such a big footballing legend. Like I say, both me and you talked about it. Both we kind of like don't know enough about Bobby Charlton because he's not really our generation, right? He's not our generation. Um, um, yeah, like we're not Manchester United fans, so we're not going to learn the history of, of United, but I mean, we know the impact that he had on number of uh, the class in 92 mm. squad at United. I think Bex came out and talked about how much impact he had on his career. Um, and obviously we know the achievements that he did with England. Um, so yeah, just 
sad news for the footballing world today. Yeah. They, they talked a lot in the sky about the, the thread that he'd made between both um, Samat Busby and then to Alex Ferguson and being that kind of con- constant with Manchester United and the impact that he had is, you know, we've we've got servants at Arsenal that have been like that. It would be the same as, say, when Wenger or Thierry or someone of that nature. Um, and so it's a, it's a big loss to, to this kind of footballing world. Absolutely. Um, what else do we have in the parking lot, Jess? Seville, starting lineup. Who's playing? Who's not? What's the score going to be? Is it going to be a wet, windy night in this Seville? Is, yeah, I mean, this is this is a big... I, I was thinking about this uh, a few days ago because it's this is the, uh, a, a crazily important game for us. And uh, this is why I believe it to be true. We fought so hard to get back into the Champions League. It was always our kind of aim and our ambition to get back into the Champions League. It took us such a long time to get there. We are now on the precipice of probably dying out, potentially, if we do not. Well, hang, we've lost one game. No, I know, one I'm game. Gonna say, but I know what you're saying. It's a balance. It's a finely balanced there is, game. But you can, we cannot lose this game. That is what I'm saying. This is not a lose game. I don't mind drawing it. A drawing in this game. Is, but we need to take at least some points from our away games in the Champions League to allow us to become first. We need to we need to win the group because otherwise we, we likely will have a challenging um, draw in the next <laughs> round. So we don't want that. And so this is what I'm saying. We cannot lose this game. We cannot afford to lose it. So we either need to draw it or you know need to win. And I think out of the, out of the teams, you would have said that we were facing the winnable game was Lons. I would have said. Yeah, but I... I... I looked at Lonza's league form and I was like, oh, all right, they're not doing very well, especially after what they did in League One last year. But the Champions League is a different ballpark. But the atmosphere, they were up for the game. The fans were up for the game. Yeah. It's one of those kind of grounds where it's it's a square ground, right? It's not an, it's not an oval-shaped ground. Um, the fans are on top of the pitch a little bit. It's an intimidating atmosphere. And... and Similar to today, we didn't turn up. We have maybe a bit of a problem. I'm interested, actually. Seville's a real test because that is a quite an intimidating atmosphere mm-hmm. at times. That is a cauldron, right? That's what they've that always been. That is a cauldron. Yeah, so it's going to actually... I This actually would be a little bit of testing our arsenal to an extent around um, like how we how we kind of cope with those situations. Cause I don't think we've coped. In the two games I feel have been most intimidating this season, Stamford Bridge... Mm-hmm. And Lons, I don't feel like we've turned up quite yeah. well. So um, I, I, I don't have, I have no idea what's going to happen now. Like I'm not going into that game confident, to be honest. Yeah. Um, our, our eleven will be like we're going to be strong. There's no doubt about that. I think everything stays as is. Maybe barring uh, Party and for Jorginho, but maybe Tommy and for Zinni as well potentially. But don't really see much else changing on that front. Not Eddie. I don't know because, like you say, when when everyone's fit, the lineup we had today, barring Jorginho, Partey or, or Havertz in that position, is our strongest eleven, and I think that's what we have to play. Despite the performances, Arteta's not really one to to drop on ceremony or on performance. We've not seen him really do that very much. He's he's very headstrong in terms of sticking to his guns and the players that he wants to play. You think Ramsdale's not travelling? I don't know. Uh, if I if I was at home with a screaming uh, newborn, I'd be taking every opportunity I can get to get on that plane. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I suspect it's probably too early for him to come back in. Okay. 
What do you think on prediction in the school? Um, I can't go through one Arsenal as I always do. That's the nice standard scoreline, but I don't think I can do that. I would like to see us maybe take a two-one win. Um, yeah. Okay. Two-one. I'm going for a draw. One-all. One-all. Mm-hmm. You definitely think we'll let one in then. I mean, look at look at us so far this year. I mean, Raya kept three clean sheets before conceding today. I think it was. Um, he's actually, I think he was joint top for clean sheets in the Premier League, and he only played half the game, which I thought was quite mental. Um, and we're here talking about how poor he's been today. Um, but I, you know, Sevilla not a bad outfit, um, and they they have such great European pedigree as well that they are truly up for maybe not this competition, but. but uh, European competition, generally speaking, um, and so I, I don't. Uh, and we, you, I think you say it all the time. There's always one. There's always. There's always one. There's always one. So you know. But like I say, I, I, I have to look at this as a, a, a an unlosable match, basically. Yeah. Oh, it's a finely balanced group at the moment, and it can go very badly. If we lose, yeah, I mean, the fact um, that we look back like we could be back in the Europa, exactly. But we, we look back like six weeks ago, let's say, and we said, That's a Europa group, it's a Europa looking group. We always get out of these type of group. I can't, and well, now we're in the, our group's yeah. Europa looking group, yeah, really, yeah, you think so? PSV, we had in Europa last year, yeah, but so they're, they're, one like, of, they're one of the best teams in Holland. Usually, they might would probably be in the Champions, Champions League, <laughs> yeah, Sevilla, 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 Sevilla. Sevilla. Consistently winning European competitions, Europa getting in the Europa getting in the Champions League, knocking down to the Europa <laughs> League, winning that. Yeah, but they're always there. And Lons, Lons, no pedigree whatsoever. Yeah, I'll give you that. Just then. So we, we need to be. Uh, I think it's. I think it's Champions League group. Uh, well, it is. It definitely is. <laughs> it's a, that's my thoughts and feelings. Um, right. So uh, that is the Chelsea game. Uh, maybe a bit happier ending than maybe the start. Um, join us again. Hopefully, in the week we'll be talking. Hopefully, well, Arsenal uh, beat Sevilla. Fingers crossed. Uh, thanks, everyone. Have a good evening. Cheers, guys. Come on, you!